It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Welcome. You're listening to Bucked Up with Sam Buck. Welcome to the Bucked Up Podcast, Sean Vig. Thank you so much for being on. You are a fantastic yoga instructor, one of the top uh, male yoga instructors on YouTube. And the reason that I got into yoga and have been doing it every single day for two years now. Excellent. Two years. Two years. Fantastic. Yes. So thank you very how, much uh, for how being often on. Did you see me? Hmm? I probably see, I use your videos probably five, five days a week, four or five days a week. I love, wow. I love yours because you do more of the power yoga and um, mm-hmm. we, we can get into that, but I, I love the workout and the stretch. I, uh, I was always a really stiff kid growing up. I never stretched. I never did anything. I I did sports, but stretching wasn't my thing. I've never, I was never able to touch my toes. And then mm-hmm. finally I hurt my calf running one time and I was looking up who to watch on YouTube to help. And you popped up cause I wanted a male instructor. Uh, and it, that's how it started. That's how the journey started. Isn't that great? It's kind of, it's kind of like we're old friends, but I didn't know exactly. that. Uh, exactly. I've yeah. just been watching you from afar. <laughs> do you do you comment on the videos much no i don't i am a bad commenter i uh i don't i i want oh yeah i want everyone to like and subscribe and comment to my videos but i uh-huh. i do not do that i am i'm not one of those i love uh, your little questions though <laughs> yeah i've been uh lately i've been asking a lot of like specific questions of people that gets people to kind of chime in below and then they write other things too and uh, yeah, don't sweat about commenting. I've had people that have finally commented. They said they've been following me for eight or nine years. They thought they should finally say something. And um, I think you do the workout and then you're done. You just move on. You don't think, well, let me write something down here now. You probably want to go get something to eat. So this is a self-help podcast. Most people don't know when listening to it. But I, uh-huh. I try to keep a daily routine. I do a yoga every day. I meditate every day. And I try to get a run in every day. So... I try to limit my access to screen time when I'm in my morning mode, mm-hmm. when I'm trying to get all that stuff down, which is funny when I'm doing it all on my phone, but I can get That's sucked into smart, that. Yeah, I can get sucked that. into that spiral. Yeah, I'm happiest usually when my screen time is very, very limited, and very targeted, whether it's a workout or watching something on YouTube I want to watch, but I keep it I've actually been way off social media the last six, seven months. Is that hard trying to limit it while trying to also build your social media? That's been my problem with this podcast. Yeah, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Because you'll say, well, I, you know, I, I, I don't like to do social media on my phone, but then I'm posting things on my phone. But you know, every day is a little different. We have all these things at our fingertips now. So Um, that's why I schedule posts a lot. Then I'll go on once or twice a day to answer questions or comments if people have those. Um, but yeah, I mean, social media, especially when you're immersed in it, when you're posting videos and blogs and books and stuff like that, it's easy to just want to stay on there all day. And, uh, I didn't like that. I I like targeting because then I can go off and do other things too. Exactly. So, uh, I want to get through your whole journey, but how did you start with YouTube? When did you start wanting to really build posting videos on uh, yoga videos on YouTube? Uh, well, I love this story because I, I grew up uh, doing home videos. I had a, my dad bought a camcorder for us when I was pretty young. So I got pretty proficient with a camcorder and I did a lot of home videos when friends would stay overnight and would shoot home videos. We do fun things together and so that was back in, I think we're in 2009 is when my best friend, Stefan, he's on my podcast. So I like to give him a, a shout out, even though shout out to Sean Vig podcast. Huh? Shout out to your podcast, the Sean shout out podcast. To my, the Sean Vig podcast, which I'm going to be reigniting soon. I've kind of been MIA on it, but that's fine. 
I, he recommended, he's a technology guy, and I was teaching a lot of fitness classes at that point. And I just got done doing, I, I did professional theater for many, many years. Uh, so doing home videos and professional theater, and then I got into fitness. And he recommended getting a flip camera and a MacBook Pro, because I, I was interested in filming. And 2009, I didn't really know. I had to do a little investigating. I thought you had to go to a studio. Like you had to rent out a studio that had cameras and catering tables and you know people running around doing makeup. I, I, I just wasn't sure. And I, I love being outside. And when he said that, he goes, no, just get a flip camera and you film it, you push the big red button, then you plug it into your MacBook Pro and you edit on iMovie and then you upload. And that changed everything because I could take what I was doing in my classes, I was teaching all the time and I could kind of uh, package that into a video and then put it out on YouTube. And uh, I had an old channel, it was SV, now it's Sean Veek Fitness, but I started on one channel and I, I, was, I was experimenting a lot. I, was, I enjoyed editing because that's something I could never do when I did home videos was edit. It was, you would just film it, you could put titles on, that was it. If you tried to edit, it, this was a VCR, so it would, you would cut off half the video sometimes. So summer of 2009, took the flip out. I was living in Florida, in Celebration, Florida. I take it out to parks and, and film. I started off doing more Pilates in the beginning. That's, uh, it's crazy how you grew up working with a camera and then it, it kind of helped you. I, that kind of worked in my life. Little things that I did in my past helped me get to where <laughs> I am now. But um, how long were you putting out videos before you started getting traction? Yeah, I don't even remember sometime. I, you know, because in the beginning, if you get 20 views, it's, it's a big deal. And I it's understand a that, yeah. at first because you're, uh, you don't know who's going to watch these videos. If I'm teaching a live class, I know pretty much everybody there. I can at least see them. And, uh, you know, once you go onto YouTube or you go on the internet, it's, it can be a little scary sometimes taking that first step. I would say probably... You know, it was funny because certain videos would just plug in and start taking off. Some would kind of level off. It's hard to figure out how that works sometimes, which ones get in the algorithm, which ones don't. Do you remember the first video that blew up for you or the first video that got a lot of views? Uh, one of them I always think of is the, uh, you know, videos are kind of like little movies that I've done. A lot of times I don't remember them, but there's one called the 20-minute killer core workout that it's in the millions of views now, but that was one that it also just kept going like that. And that, and that, I remember when it hit 50,000 views, I was at home in Wisconsin visiting my parents and that was huge. That was probably back in 2009, 2010, it hit 50,000 views and it just kept going. And the comments were very positive. And that was a video I believe I, I just ad-libbed the whole thing. I planned to film a short one and it just kept going and going and it turned into a really nice video. That's awesome. Do you, um how do you deal with the hate? I have, I've, I had one video uh, get on one of the front pages of Reddit and it, it had some hate on it. And it, it was the uh -huh. first time I dealt with it on like a big scale. So uh -huh. I was like, it kind of, you know, it got me, but I moved past it and realized it was mm -hmm. a learning experience. But do you deal with hate or do you, how do you handle everybody it? Everybody love everybody. Well, that's the thing. The more, uh, the bigger your audience gets, the more the odds are that you're going to get somebody, some people in there that are going to say some things. I've been very fortunate. I hardly ever get weird comments. Some are, you know, a little strange. Um, you know, if you get like a really rude comment, you kind of look at it for a bit because I'm going through answering comments. And, you know, in your mind, you're, you're, your mind's saying what you really want to say. And you're like, no, 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 don't write that down. <laughs> um, because you're the one out here doing the videos and this is someone, they don't even have an avatar. So it may be a friend of mine trying to mess with me, but I usually just respond in a pretty nice way. Sometimes I'll, if it's really, if it's a bad one I, with a lot of swear words, I'll just delete it um, or, or it'll get flagged anyway. But a lot of times I'll engage them because some people, they get upset a workout isn't what they thought it would be, you know, which if they were in person, I just have a discussion with them and be fine. But this way you just want to kind of cool it down. And I always say, you know, obviously this isn't for you. You know, can I recommend a different kind of video or something like that. Um, because all of us, we kind of want to engage them at their level sometimes. It, there is that, and like, no, no, don't do that, don't do that. It doesn't help anybody. So, and, and half the time when I do that, if I answer nicely, they'll write back. Sometimes they'll say, oh, I, I appreciate that, or I'm sorry. 
Um, so, so it works out well, but yeah, I don't, I don't they like probably them. just want your attention. That's the only way that they, they might. can get it. Yeah. Again, I have no idea. You know, I, I don't know who the person is. They don't have a name. It's, 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 it's a weird world. It's a, it's a comment that comes through into your peripheral. And, uh, I always say, and I'm, I'm good at this sometimes and not all the time, but in life, it's not really what happens to you. It's how you react to it. So, and it's good too, because other people scrolling the comments will see how you handled that. And they're like, Oh, I like that. He didn't like get angry or something or, you know, throw a fit. He just said, Hey, I, I want to help you. How can I help you? And usually well, people. I, saw <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like there is a correlation, especially that I do the yoga and meditation and there, it is, yoga is a form of meditation and there, I am more tense when I don't do it, whether that be mentally or physically, but mm -hmm. I feel like it does help kind of calm you down and not want to react to people on yeah. that level. Well, how, how did you respond to it? If you get a nasty, comment? I ignored it. Honestly, I ignored <laughs> it. It's kind of the, I don't know. A friend once said to me that attention is the only universal currency. So when uh, things that I don't like or people I don't like or people who are detrimental or comments that are detrimental, I try not to pay it attention because mm -hmm. I don't want to give it the the currency or I don't want to yeah, give it the You're time. giving it fuel sometimes. So um, that's just, but, but I always am, you, you are on a much bigger scale than I am. So I was wondering, especially doing something that you know even friends will make fun of me and say it's silly that i do yoga but then they wake up so stiff and it's like okay <laughs> there's a thing you can do about that if you just open up your mind a little bit it's um, universal it's for everybody if you don't want to think of it as yoga think of it as stretching oh i'm just going to stretch everyone stretches yeah. that's fine <laughs> you said you were uh you had a background in theater and you yes. did theater. I, I studied theater in college, film and yeah. film and theater. So I could actually kind of tell in your videos, you have a very great playfulness and silliness to uh, your, uh -huh. uh, and a good, a good, um, as you said, ad lib, like you can come up with, uh, you keep me interested. That's why you gotta I think on your toes. Yeah. You gotta think on your toes. But, um, did you study in Boston? Uh, yeah. Outside of Boston. I went to Wheaton college. Um, so I've heard of Wheaton. Yeah, I probably worked with people from Wheaton. You might have, but um, how did what did you how did you get into theater? Uh, well, uh, I majored in in college. I went into college undeclared. I actually was going to um, shift from one university to the other. I was going to go to a different one in town, but I ended up staying at the Turbo. This is in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And I actually went in undeclared and I wanted to be a history major and do a few different things. And then I started doing theater and I had done theater in high school. I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, the home videos that I did and everything too really contributed to that. But uh, started taking voice lessons and sang some opera, sang uh, vocal competitions in, in college as well. And again, it's kind of like when I went into doing videos for fitness, you just don't know. It's a, it's a different world. I'm like, I, I don't know how it works. It's not as, it's not as set as doing something like, well, I'm going to become a CPA. I'm going to do, I'm going to be an accountant. I'm going to go to law school, be a lawyer in theater. It's a, uh, you don't really know what's out there. My parents, they were very supportive, but they just didn't know. They thought I'd be homeless somewhere and eating beans because <laughs> well, there's film and then there's Broadway. What else is there? I'm like, well, there's a lot of great regional professional theater. And I started going into cattle call auditions, big ones like in Atlanta and Chicago and uh, in Wisconsin. And you start getting gigs and it just goes from there. And, and your confidence goes up because you realize people want to work with you. And the more networking you do, the easier it is to get work. So I did that for about 12 years, traveled around the country. I say I went to Europe, but that was with our college choir. But I did sing in Europe, so that, that counts. What made you want to make the switch from that over to um, to Pilates and yoga? Well, I always liked fitness. I remember somebody once said, when you pass a magazine stand, what magazines do you, do you pick up? And for me, I always liked Entertainment Weekly. I liked uh, stuff with entertainment theater, and I always liked fitness, like men's health, men's fitness, 
shape magazine, stuff like that, I would always gravitate towards that. And when I was doing theater, I, I would always work out in gyms and I started training a lot of my <clears throat> cast members that I worked with. If they wanted to go to the gym and learn how to do certain things, I started doing that. And it was actually when I was doing a production of Fiddler on the Roof in Hollywood, Florida, um, I always played the Russian guy in that. It was a big solo and run off with one of the Jewish, the third Jewish daughter. Um, and I was doing that and I went down to Miami and took the ACE test, the uh, American Council of Exercise test. I'm glad I remembered that. That would have been bad. But uh, we actually had someone sub for me for one show because I studied for it for months and I went down to Miami. It's like an hour and a half away and I took the test and I passed and I started doing personal training and two in junction with doing professional theater too. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Um, were, which one was, was it like a money thing that you switched over? Were you teaching while, were you teaching class, you were teaching classes while you were doing theater? I actually, what I started with first was personal training. I didn't teach any classes until I moved up to Orlando back in 2000. Oh, this was back in like 2006. Five, 2005, I taught my first spinning class and then I taught Pilates. But so I was personal training at a gym called Club Fit that was in the Fort Lauderdale area. And I was still auditioning and doing shows, did some fringe festivals and stuff. And then I moved to Orlando and I actually went there as a fitness person instead of a theater person, which for years I just traveled around like, oh, I'm in an acting company. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And Orlando was a little, it was a little strange at first because I, uh, it's different. You know, I was working at gyms and it was a different feel, different, different people. Theater people are, are a little more gregarious. And, um, and then I started taking group classes, which I had never done before. And then I, I got certified. I'm like, I want to, I want to teach Pilates. And then I went to yoga after that. And I was teaching spin. Then I got fired from teaching spin at, at Florida. It was a Florida, Celebration Health in Florida Hospital. I got fired. I don't even know why at this stage, but I eventually got back to that gym too and, and taught again. Ha! Perseverance. But when I got fired, that's what got brought me over to Disney World and I started teaching over there and that was big and that got me really started. So it helped. Teach it. Teach it. What were you teaching at Disney World? Well, I taught yoga and Pilates for cast members. I did that for about nine years through cast services. Oh, I can't wow. say I was their instructor because I said that once in a video and they were, I said, you can't say that. Um, I said, well, I, I instruct them through cast activities. I mean, that's years <laughs> ago now, but I went to all these different sites backstage, cast services, feature animation, Team Disney, uh, Disney University, and I worked with cast members. It was fantastic. Five days a week. Do you do any theater now or no? Or are you, you know, other than just singing all the time? I sing to my son all the time, but <laughs> you had asked about theater. I love theater, but I got burned out. I mean, I, I did yeah. it boom, like that. And I always say the things I loved about it start to start to nag at you a while, the constant traveling, working with new people. And you start wanting a little bit more. I'm like, yeah, let's see what else is out there. So that was a nice switch. When you moved to Colorado, I was wondering this, was when you were doing yoga and you moved to Colorado, was the elevation, you do a lot of videos outside, but also yeah. was the elevation, did that affect you at all? Was that, did you have it to does get used first. to that? When we came up here to look at houses, I remember I had a little headache. We were here for like a three day weekend, my wife and I, and uh, the realtor was driving us around. I had a headache, I drank a lot of water, but I, Right now we live at 8,200 feet. So it's good. I mean, it's good for your health and your oxygen uptake abilities, but yeah, Florida is sea level and it's humid. So coming up here, it was a little switch. When I would film cardio workouts outside, my throat would be sore for a few days from the dryness too. And you're like, <laughs> you know, so you really had to be in shape or else you look really out of shape in a video because you're gasping for air. I'm like, who's this instructor? gonna pass out any second i'm fine was that a hard thing to adapt to was that a hard thing to adapt to while making the videos is like what what why did you move to colorado was it uh well we wanted to live in the mountains florida i always liked florida but it was hot and crowded and flat and we had looked at a few states like north carolina uh, my wife's best friend lives here in the town we're at, 
in uh, in Colorado. So that made it easier, and uh, it was a nice fit. It was a nice fit. We're about a half hour from Denver, so and she works for a big corporation, so that works out very well. And I just I like to be up here in the mountains. Yeah, it works out for you. How how old's your dog now? Oh, Addie, she's almost nine. Yeah, she'll be nine in uh, November. I uh, something I love about your videos is the, the silliness of them, which comes in through the theater. But like you'll edit in your dog or the the monster sounds when she. I cannot do yoga with my dog in the room. She'll she'll uh-huh. jump all over me. Oh yeah, it's it's a good luck. But Addie is uh, Sarah. T- she's very secretive because you won't even know she's there. Then all of a sudden she'll jump right on you in the middle of something, and you've seen that. And I'll leave it in there. And uh, I want to leave it in there because I'm outside, you know, uh, fitness is life, flowing is life. It doesn't, I don't like sterile environments like that. I like to get a little dirty. And as I said, I'll forget Addie is there. Then all of a sudden she'll come up behind me and jump on me. <laughs> and uh, sometimes she hurts because she'll scratch the heck out of me. But uh, I, I adore Addie and she's been with me for so long. And I bring her, usually when I film outside, I bring her with, even though she hates going for walks. So it's, 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 no one realized that how much she hates going for walks. You have to kind of pull her along, which I hate doing. And sometimes she walks okay on trails, but if it's out here in the street, she'll try to pull out of her harness every single time. She'll just go back oh. to the house. That's what she wants. She's lazy. <laughs> is your family, is your family into yoga, your son, your wife also, or are they kind of like, that's his thing. My dad's a drummer. So it's like music's his thing. Oh yeah. I was a drummer in high school. Well, uh, I met my wife in one of my Pilates classes in Florida. That's where I met her. It was a Saturday morning one. I actually came in a little late. She came early. She had just moved there from Louisiana. She went to LSU and that's where I met her. We just started chatting and started going out and stuff. So that's why I always say I, I taught classes so I could pick up women <laughs> and then marry them and you know, be with them for Time, so <laughs> settle move to Colorado but no, Jilly, uh, I know uh and then uh my next book that's coming out she's one of the models it's her and I who are the fitness models in it so that was nice too to include her is that your 13th book you've published a lot I was I was on your oh. website well I've done uh, I've done a number of ebooks just for yeah. you know Amazon and Apple and then mm-hmm. this will be my second mass paperback digital book you know paperback and digital this will be out at the end of next month this is pilates for athletes and i'm in talks with another publisher too maybe do another book after that i i, I like writing the books do you said you got burnt out of theater do you get burnt out doing all the avenues you have so many books and your videos and yeah. do you teach classes still or i guess not right yeah, now but i just came from teaching a class just down the hill a little ways uh I like it, but yeah, I do get, that's being self-employed with this. I have some other business things I do too, but uh, most of the time I love what I do with fitness, but yeah, sometimes you wonder if you're still giving something original out there because I've filmed so many videos and taught so many classes. Um, Sometimes you do feel that way. Like, do I have anything else original to say or should I move on to something else? I think that a lot. But it kind of re-energizes me too then to do some more research and come up with something unique and that helps me out too. Was there something that made you like that flip the switch of this is this is what you're doing? The fitness? The fitness, the yeah just or becoming a professional like being self-employed in your videos <laughs> and yeah well doing I've always kind of been on the fringe I I've never worked in an office. I doing theater is very different. Um, it's kind of on the fringe. You know, you travel around a lot. You work with different people all the time. You're always in front of audiences. You're always, t- you know, making sure that your mind and your body a- a- is in good shape because you're always, you know, required to do something. Whether it's sing, dance, act, emote, fight, whatever it is, and. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question? I, I got that off a little bit. I was, no, no problem. I was just saying, uh, what made you, what flipped the switch in your mind to really t- take this seriously and become a, become a professional? Because uh, you're the, no, you're one of the number one on YouTube. 
I do all right. Uh, but you know what it was is that I didn't really plan at all to do any of this. It, um, like I tried it out. I started teaching and I really liked that. And more importantly, people liked coming to my classes. If I was teaching and no one wanted to come, I, I would move on to something else, obviously. But in Florida, with teaching, I started networking and I went with Disney. I got with different schools and businesses and resorts, dance studios, uh, private homes, clubhouses, and it was fun. The entrepreneur in me really enjoyed that because I got to build a lot of classes myself and start marketing that way. That forces you to learn how to use social media, to learn how to market, to learn how to film when that time came. So, and the theater background and the home video background really, really helped me with that. But it fits my personality a lot to be an instructor, to be in front of people all the time. And it's just looking back, I mean, it's been thousands and thousands of classes that I've taught and then thousands of videos that I've done too. It's, uh, it's a nice legacy because it's always, always, always a really positive experience. I would never want it to be anything but that, a positive, effective, beneficial experience where everybody leaves feeling better than when they started. Do you ever go back and look at your, uh, your first couple videos and kind of see the growth or do you try to do you try to stay away from those? I have a little bit if they pop up, but once I shoot it, I never watch it. I just edit it because at this point, I'm like, well, I know how it looks. And if there was something weird in the video, I'll hold up my hand. So I make sure I edit it out. Mm -hmm. I, if something weird happens, I can't. Well, once in a while, if I swear, <laughs> and I don't mean to, because I don't want Some of my old videos, there's a couple swear words in there. I'm like, ah, crap. Um, <laughs> I don't remember doing it. Especially if you're doing a 40 minute video or 50 minutes, but um, mainly I shoot it, I edit it out and then boom, upload it. Uh, What's your turnaround time on a video? Well, it used to be a lot longer because I would upload, I had a GoPro, I'd film with that and upload into the iMac that I'm talking on right now. That would go into iMovie and then you'd, you'd edit that and export it. It would take hours and hours. Now it's on my iPhone, I film on my iPhone. I edit it with the splice app and then export, upload. I've had difficulties up here in the mountains from time to time with upload speed, but now it's, it's pretty fast. I can get a video up within an hour if I wanted to. Before it'd be like seven or eight hours, you know, going up and down the stairs and checking on it and oh, oh, it stopped, what happened? These are things no one should ever know about when they watch a video, but uh, <laughs> me and, a handful of my other fitness friends who do videos on YouTube. I, you know, a lot of us know each other. We, I like talking to them because they have the same things. Like, oh man, I can't upload this video. I've been trying for two days and it just keeps, I keep having problems. So and they're not big problems, but the, with the iPhone, it's very fast now. Are you known around town as the, uh, the yoga guy? I, I know on a couple of your <laughs> videos, you'll have people drive by and wave at you or. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't, you know, the neighbors, um, they probably, I make comments about that because they'll drive by, what's he doing? Uh, they'll watch it. Uh, maybe, you know, my, we just moved. We're in a different house now. We moved about three months ago. So that famous deck that you've seen so many times, yeah. that's 0.7 miles over there now. And oh, what? I no miss more that deck? house, but with our son in here. Hmm? Uh, I was just saying no more deck. I, I do know what deck you're talking about. I know. About. I wish I could go over there and film, but the new owners wouldn't like it. They're doing some, they have some contractors over there, but <laughs> I miss that deck. I miss that house too. I love our new house, but with our son, that, that house wasn't very big and it got really cramped with the boy. Um, but uh, yeah, filming outside, always outside. And the Do neighbors, you... yeah, they watch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you see yourself keeping going or is there an end is there an end point in mind i know you said you didn't even you stumbled into this but yeah what do you see a next step or what i'm not even sure i keep i keep stumbling which is good and i always say if i stopped liking if i didn't want to do it anymore i wouldn't do it and here we are like 10 years i've been teaching classes now for almost 15 years and holy cow. And I, I still really like it. Like I went down and talked today and we had a great time. We had a good flow through some new moves at them. It's at a gym and then they have Zoom set up if people don't want to come in. So you got the Zoom over here and you got the live people here. 
and uh, I really like writing books. I mean, that's something I see myself doing more of because I can do that from anywhere. I can film anywhere. And fortunately for me, what I teach is lifelong stuff, yoga, flexibility training, Pilates. These are things you don't get burned out on them. You do them right, you do them until you're 110 years old. It might help you live to be 110. So I'm set up nicely that way. I'm not set up where I'm doing powerlifting, like, oh man, you know, I just turned 46 and I, I do a lot of weight training, but you know, I don't lift as heavy as I used to. There's certain things you just gotta be more careful with. But with yoga, Pilates, flexibility training, uh, it just, it enhances me, it keeps me going. So it's a double win, I suppose. Was your family uh, a fitness family growing up or what was your, what was your childhood like with that? Uh, they were active. My mom walked all the time. I got my love for walking from my mom. Do you walk? Go for walks? Yeah, I love walking. Walking through yeah. the woods. I grew up in a farm town, so I love walking through the woods. I love running. I love just connecting with nature in that way. It's, it's fantastic. And what was nice is that um, when I taught in Florida, when my parents would come visit, they had a condo down there. My dad would come to my classes a lot. So he, he enjoyed Pilates a lot more than the yoga. But he would, he liked the social aspect of it too. He knew everybody there. He would come early and help me set up. And so he was very supportive. And he's in, I don't know if you see my dad in some of the videos, he'll pop up. He, my dad passed away about three and a half years ago. My, my, my mom passed away last Christmas too. So uh, they're not with us anymore, but they, they were very supportive. My mom was in some videos too, but my dad was a ham. He was like me and my dad, you want to come film with me? He's like, sure. And we would go out with Addie and, uh, like just just walk back and forth a few times, Dad. Do something funny, and he'd like jump up and down or something. So they 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 enjoy being in the videos too, which I was very fortunate. That's nice to have those those memories uh, captured that you can kind of not that you go back and watch videos, but that's nice that you have those. Oh, I watch them. Yeah, I dedicate after I lost Dad. I dedicate a seven day challenge to him, and that that was nice. Again, it's I, I'm like well. Do I do that? Do I not do that? But I wanted to. And I wanted to show some videos of him because he had such a great time with the filming. And the flip camera, I don't have that anymore. I have it. It doesn't work. You know, even he could use that because it had a big red button on it. Because he didn't, like, uh, he was an engineer, but things like that would throw him off. Like, no, you just push the red bu big red button and push it to stop. And he was good. <laughs> and then he had to sit behind the camera. <laughs> Is your son, do you, does your son work out with you? Or is he like, that's dad's thing. This is not my. Well, he's, a, he's 18 months, so he just rolls Oh, around. okay. He can oh, run. Congratulations, yeah. Thank you. Uh, he's a good boy. He, I, he does things, you, you see him do like, hey, that's a, that's a yoga pose, or that's, that's that, that's this. That's, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just rolling around the floor and uh, doing down dogs and headstands and stuff and falling into things he's not supposed to fall into. But, it's, it's great to watch him because he's finding his own strength now and his own uh, uh, skill level. Like he can run, he can walk, he can jump, he can do all these things now. I remember we just laid him down on the bed. You could leave him there all day if you wanted to. We didn't, but he wouldn't move. He just lay on his back. And then you put him <laughs> on his stomach to work his back and ah, he'd get upset. And now he's, ugh, <laughs> he's all over the place. He's napping he's right moved. now. He can't. But it's, it's uh, fun to no, watch him move and get control of his body like that and also fail you know he like he falls a lot but he gets stronger then he doesn't fall as much then and he adapts to it i'm, I'm on an exercise ball that's why i'm bouncing <laughs> no problem i'm the i'm the same way i always keep moving my legs bouncing um do you you have a few videos for yoga for kids and teens do you think that's like a, a thing you're gonna go into while your son is growing up that's a great question. And I, I was going to write a book about that, but I just kind of, you know, I still can. I was going to get a bunch of photos with Dane doing poses and stuff. I mean, he's 18 months. We certainly can. Those videos, I, I saw those a few weeks ago. They're very popular. I had filmed them. You know, I got the idea and I, there's out there. You, it's hard to yeah. check on all your kids, all your videos. There's thousands of them. So like, they're just out there. You hope they're doing well and enjoying life. And yeah, I noticed when I did a couple of those, they, they did very well. And I always come at, come at it from a little different angle too. I, I teach kids, 
I talk to kids the way I would talk to adults a lot. You know, I have fun with them, but I don't talk down to kids. I just like to, I bring Addie with me and we have a good time and we learn a lot about the poses. Mm -hmm. How, when did you first hear about Pilates and yoga? When was that, when was, when did you first hear about it? Uh, I, when I was doing theater, I think I used to take dance classes because I wasn't much of a dancer. I never thought about it, but I would go to New York a lot in between gigs and I would audition there and hang out with friends and spend way too much money. But I would go to Broadway Dance Center and take jazz classes. I always like to give her a shout out. Her name was Sue Samuels. I don't know if she still teaches there, but she was fantastic. And for the warm up and the cool down, we would do kind of little yoga inspired stretches and maybe, you know, throw in some Pilates there also. And I liked it. I was, I think I had done those movements anyway before, and I certainly liked how they made me feel. They, they spoke to me a lot of longevity. And when you're doing nine West Side Story performances a week, you, you gotta, even, you know, I was 24, 25, 26, but still you gotta, you have to stay in shape because you could easily pull a hamstring, pull a quad, when you're jumping around all the time and uh you know youth can be uh it can make you work too hard sometimes you think you just get away with anything but i knew a lot of people i worked with who didn't do it that would injure themselves a lot so i actually injured you... my back doing fiddler on the roof once in coral gables florida that was just that damn russian dance that put me out for like a week and that's how i got into pilates after that i started training my core because i had never really done proper core work before this was I was 29 when this happened. Oh, I was so mad. But yeah, the Russian dance, you go really low and I just popped something in my low back and I was just laying on the floor the next week, like I was hobbled and it was very humbling. And that's kind of how I started doing, like I gotta, I gotta work my core. I'd never thought about that before. Were you, a, like, were you working at, were you a gym guy before that? I was, but you know what? I wasn't focused on core. Maybe do just a little ab work, but I wasn't doing planks and supermans and all those, all those good Pilates yoga core moves. But you know, I, I like to lift heavy. I would bench and squat and just wanted big muscles and stuff. But I may have got it, but I my center was weak, you know. So when you face with something like that, it was obviously something that was pushing me over time, and then it just came to a head right there. I remember that it didn't feel right. In my latest book, in the intro, I actually write about that incident because that's what led me into Pilates. Get yeah, the Russian da that damn Russian dance. That damn Russian. <laughs> you squat down, then you jump up, and you know what? Then I got out of it because I had the solo, and then they just let me stand there. And throughout the run of that show, the other Russian, the guys playing the Russians would, they would, they kept getting injured. You know, like the, the, I remember the dressing room smelled like Ben Gay, like liquid heat, because they kept putting things on their muscles because their muscles were all pulled. So I was so happy I got out of it. <laughs> you need to go back and teach every, whatever, whenever they have Fiddler on the Roof, you need to teach them how to stretch before oh. they go into that damn Russian day. Oh, it's so, yeah, because I remember the choreographer kept saying, lower, get lower, get lower, and then pop. It. And sometimes you can pull a muscle, but this didn't feel right. I'm like, oh, and then by that evening, I was hunched over. Just, you know, all of a sudden I aged like 60 or 70 years within a day. And, oh, uh, man, that was rough. The <laughs> Do you feel younger, like, since then? Do you, like, I mean, your body's been stretched for so long now, but do, can uh, you, <laughs> especially with uh, friends and people, do you, I mean, I'm starting now. Is it beneficial? Looking back, are you happy that you've been, is it beneficial oh, to your body? Of course, and it's, uh, it makes itself known every day because a few days ago, I was downstairs at night. I like to go downstairs. I ride, I watch old movies and I stretch and my low back was really tight. And you know, Oh, why is my back tight? And then I realized, Sean, you haven't done a core workout in like two weeks. You know, I, I keep, I make these declarations like I'm going to do it every other day. I just did one down at the gym. I'm back on track now, but I was just really haphazard with my core workouts with my stretching. And when I was lifting weights at the gym, I would go in. Sometimes I really wouldn't warm up. And I would kind of lift a little heavier than I should. And then I just leave. I'm like, well, what do you expect, Sean? Over time, that's going to push into your back. It's going to push into areas of your body. You have to practice what you preach. I film it all the time, but 
sometimes I have a hard time implementing it in my own workouts. You just like, well, I got 20 minutes. Yeah, I'll do it. I don't, I feel fine. And then, but it's never, and anytime you get a pulled muscle injury like that, it's usually never something that happens right at that moment. It's something that's been slowly percolating in your body, whether over days, weeks, months, maybe even years from imbalances and ways you're carrying yourself and your posture and your core imbalances. So I feel so much better. Like I went to the gym, I did 20 minutes, just stretches and core exercises. But even myself, um, I have to confess, I don't always you know, practice what I preach. I think we all do that. I mean, we're, we're human, we're flawed. We just, we just drift and we like, no, I want to do this. And then, oh, my back That's the whole point of this podcast. It's called Bucked Up for a Reason. I, I, I right. don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure it out too. <laughs> I remember when I first started your watching your videos and really getting into yoga. I'd be sore in places I didn't realize. And then I would be able to do movements that I never was able to do before. Once I kind of broke, like I can now say I can touch my toes for the first time in 23 years in life. Like after doing it, it's funny. Like you think you just can't do these things, but really you just have to get to the practice of doing that we were talking about comments earlier on videos and uh uh you know you get negative comments the one i get i have a yoga for men video that's very popular and uh it gets great reactions but i do that's i'll get comments on there a lot like this isn't for beginners it's a beginner one uh this is too fat this isn't for beginners and i always respond with well how many times have you practiced this and they're like i haven't i never i never did it like, well, how do you expect to be able to do it? Like, just pick one pose in this routine and practice it every day for a week. I guarantee you will see very good improvement. But this notion of, I, th this isn't for me, I can't do the first one. I can't, I can't. Like, that's such a defeatist attitude also. Like, this video exists, it's yours. It's not mine anymore. Once you, once you upload a video, it belongs to whoever's watching it. So I always write, I suggest practice one. Just practice one video. You can never expect to, it sounds obvious, but you can never improve without being consistent, putting in the time. Like, well, I've never it's done it before. I've never done calculus before and I, I just didn't get it right away. So screw it. <laughs> well, that's kind of, it's funny. When I first watched, I think it was the beginner's video two years ago. I did uh -huh. it the first time and I was like, uh-uh, this is not for me. And then I had hurt my calf. And I couldn't, it was like a week or two later and I still wasn't able to run. And then I was like, you know what? The whole reason I'm not able to do that is because I haven't practiced it. So I watched that video every day for, I'd say maybe a month or two. And I did the same thing for a month or two, just stretching it, trying to perfect everything. And when I finally did it, that was able, it had me, it let me build the basis for yes. building up and being able to try new things. But I had to get Everyone has a learning curve. You can't pick up a guitar and start playing no. immediately. Or people do, like, I, I'm a stand-up. Other than this podcast, I'm a stand-up. And people right. will be like, people will think that you can just go up on stage and start being funny. But it's like, I've bombed for a long, <laughs> 10 times a week for wow. just to get, like, you got to build it up. It's, there's a learning curve for everything. That's fantastic. And you did it the right way with stand-up, obviously, and with the video, because once you, it's, it's like a video game. It's like unlocking a secret level or another level all of a sudden, like, ah, I finally get it. Because once you put in the time and the effort, it's so much more rewarding when you actually start seeing the benefits. And for everybody, they're a little different. But I'm so confident in what I teach that just do it a number of times. I'm so confident that people will see improvement if they're consistent with it. They'll be like, oh, wow. Uh, because it's so foreign to a lot of people. To You said that earlier. It's so foreign to want to stretch and do yoga. I never thought about that before. So I, I, I like that I'm a lot of people's uh, gateway into that kind of movement. I like that. Like, look, I, I'm just... I don't take myself very seriously. Here's what we're gonna do, we're having a good time. It's yours, practice it, enjoy it. Don't, you know, just relax, it's okay. Um, no one's gonna get hurt if, if this pose doesn't feel the way you want it to feel, it's okay. As a teacher, do you feel like you have students or people commenting on your videos that like, 
you know don't have the inner drive to continue like they're like come on like I like do they put the burden on you do you feel that as a teacher or can you tell when someone really wants to learn and um, really wants to get better well, if it's a comment it's pretty obvious they say something like no this is just too tough for me I'm gonna look for something more beginner well okay then they move on and stuff but no when I teach live classes I structure them very well because they're just they're just used the uh kind of a yoga flow class with Pilates or candlelight yoga, or if it's a power yoga class, but I work very hard at teaching to all levels. I, I do that in the videos too, but I will give add-ons and I will give modifications. So people know that I'm, I'm more of a guide, you know, I can't mm -hmm. control what you're doing, but I will give you those options. It's like a menu at a restaurant. Like, well, I want that. And I want that. And I want that. And as you go along, you choose different things. I want, I want the onion rings. And um, yeah, I want to keep, I want, I want to, the goal is to keep flowing, keep moving and not break that up. So if somebody's in a pose, like, oh, this is okay, but kind of want more. I'm, I'm all of a sudden, Sean says, well, if you want a little more, put your right arm up, you know, do a stretch here or do a wrap or move this leg a little bit that way. It's great because it's all body weight. So you don't have to say, okay, go over and grab a different set of weights and a band and a kettlebell and then meet me back here. You can say, just turn your foot a little bit. Aha. You feel that? <laughs> that was my favorite thing when watching the video over and over again when I was uh -huh. finally able to do the modifications or like oh I can finally do that thing that was a little bit harder but now it's it's now that's the the norm for me and then your brain like celebrates doesn't it it passes all that on to your body is this the one where I'm outside on the driveway where Addie comes running at me yes it is yeah that is the one I put in a little a little bear sound or something. And a lot of people yeah, think I that's her. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. And then uh, a guy recently, I think, wrote on there, he was upset that I did that. Like, I thought about writing something. Like, eh, it's <laughs> he was upset that Addie did that. I'm like, okay, I'll talk to my dog for you. Tell yeah, to do well, it. that Maybe was you know, six years ago or something. This <laughs> happened at a PGA tour a couple of years ago. I was reading about it that some guy was watching and he recognized that the bird sounds weren't native birds to where the PGA tour was being huh. held. So he called ESP, he emailed ESPN and was like, you're faking these bird sounds. And it turned out they were putting in fake bird sounds and it was a big controversy. But also who's, who gets mad about the bear sounds on your yoga videos? I know, most people like it. Well, I think this person had said, oh, it's so relaxing. And then there's a bear sound. I'm like, well, she just came running towards me. What was I supposed to do? So I'll probably write back and say something like, yeah, I told her to stop that. But, you know, <laughs> I love that. I love that you, you do edit, of course, but you show all of it. You show that it's a process. And even in your videos, like with, Addie running up and jumping on you or if you don't mess up but if you slip you kind of focus <laughs> back and that's the way that I that's why I could I think I and a lot of people connect to you it's because that's, that's life isn't it I, I like exactly. it too because when I hit record too I'm just like anybody who's doing it with me um, my mind sometimes my mind isn't fully there it, through the flow and through the breath I get there same with teaching a live class but Sometimes I hit record and I'm not quite there yet, but I know I'll be there. I know I'll be there soon. Um, it's, uh, I'm sure that's how it works with a lot of people. And sometimes I'll switch a little bit. Or it's different when you're instructing and talking the whole time too. Your mind, sometimes you'll slip and your, your leg might slip and you're not as sharp in the exercise because you're always thinking about what you're doing now, what you just did, and what you're going to do. Do you practice any meditation or do you do anything to, for presence or no? Uh, I pray a lot. I mean, I pray, meditate. I, a lot of times before I film, I'll just, I'll just breathe. Do the deep abdominal breathing where you uh, work the breathing muscles and expand the ribs. Um, other times, it's, it's different. I'm actually working on a book right now. It's kind of a memoir about teaching and my life and fitness and filming and books and everything. And I just started writing about teaching. I want to do a whole chapter on that. I like to do a whole book on it, but I, it's difficult for me because some, something you just do a lot. Sometimes it's hard to put into words. You yeah. just do it. Or mm -hmm. I rely, as I said, more on the actual filming once I hit record to carry me through. And it always does more than what I do before, 
you know, I get prepared to film. I like to plan, but I also like to be very spontaneous. Uh, I just, that's my, my personality and, uh, it yeah. works well for flowing. I totally go off script a lot. I totally understand that about the kind of having to live it and be in the moment. You said, well, you're writing this book. You said you liked writing. Do you write non, do you write non, uh, workout books? You're working on this memoir. Is this your first one or have you written non fiction or fiction um, before? No, this, every book that I've written has been something with fitness. So this is, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I write the way I speak a lot. So I write in my own voice and with this one, I don't have a publisher for it right now, but I, it's a good exercise. I, I need to write this stuff down. So I sit down and just write for like 15, 20 minutes. I don't even know what I'm writing some of the time, but I want to, it's called confessions of a freestyle fitness instructor coffee and uh, <laughs> talking about all the stuff that I've been through teaching and filming and all the weird, all the things. There's been some really interesting stories and occurrences and um, it's so much packed into the last 12 years or so. I, I, I feel very called to write about it. I'm not sure what shape the book will take yet, but I think that's okay. Just, just writing. Uh, writing Do you journal? People ask me a lot about that. Hmm? Do you journal? Is that- I do. Are you a... I've been journaling since 1998. Every night, pretty much. Journaling, I've gotten into probably over quarantine the most. I got into mm -hmm. it. And um, that's how you, you said prayer. I wouldn't say I'm a religious person, but when I, when I um, journal, I get into a state of talking to my higher power, as we all do mm -hmm. when you journal. And it is a very uh, fulfilling, at yeah. least spiritually, experience that I had never really felt before. Good. Yeah. I, I always ask for help. You know, I, I realize I'm just, I'm just a person. There's not, I always need help with that. And uh, it is a great way to focus too. Cause when I'm not focused, I get irritable. I get upset. I get angry when I'm focused on life and what I'm doing right now, I feel so good. Everything falls into place. We go in and out of these waves. I feel that I, yeah, I was so focused for, two or three months, I was really on focus of doing everything every day I needed to do. And within the past few weeks, I've lost a little bit of focus. Mm -hmm. and I'm still trying to do it, but I, it's also just, you gotta, you gotta do the stuff you don't want to do like you love it. Like you just gotta, you gotta focus and hopefully the energy and the flows will come back to you yeah. and you can pick back up. It's that, that's the secret, right? Uh, kind of training your mind because the mind will just whoop, drag you all over the place. And some, we let it, we let it do that, drag you away from what you're supposed to be doing. And I, I know what you mean. Some nights I fall asleep. I just feel great. Next day you wake up and you're like, <clears throat> unfocused, irritable. Um, you just, you feel different. Your mind, you don't realize what you're doing, but you're living in this little mental prison. Sometimes your mind is poisoning your body. And, um, I don't like it. When I get there, I start praying. And a lot of times I don't, I just sometimes wallow in it. Sometimes it feels kind of good, but I'm happiest when I'm productive and, and working and focused and being a you know, good husband, good father, good friend, good teacher, good brother, uh, good neighbor to everybody. But you know, sometimes this is, they're just not there. Some days are just bad days. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't, it you can't let it sit there. You can't, you just gotta let it go and move on. It's funny. Yeah, I was I was doing some reading and it was they were talking about um, how when you feel the least focused is when you need to pick up more responsibility and how that seems so counterproductive. It's like, no, you have to focus on what you need. But no, the more focus you lose, the less you kind of have to be spread out and well-rounded, because if you just focus on one thing, everything else is going to slip and then you're going to feel down about those things. Oh, exactly. And well, your balance goes, you have no balance. Exactly. And um, that's why I really do enjoy yoga and your videos is because it teaches me balance. It teaches my body to be one. When you do yoga, you learn that every inch of your body is connected and your mind. And that if mm -hmm. it's not at peace or calm or stretched out, then you're not going to be at peace or calm or stretched out. Yeah. Uh, when I tell people, whether on podcasts or in person, uh, 
that I, you know, I get irritable, I get angry, I have moments a lot. Um, they don't believe it sometimes because you just see me in the videos. And when I'm filming, that's a great spot for me. I'm always in a really good place when I film. That's why I do it. It's therapy. There's, mm -hmm. That's why I'm writing about in the book about teaching because it's very therapeutic for me. I, If I'm not there, the the video won't happen. I have to work through certain things. I come to revelations in videos and teaching that I would not come to normally, but through the movement and the breath and the excitement of, of the flow and the moment, uh, I, a lot of great things happen then. And I, it's very therapeutic. People, they love the videos. That's fantastic. But if it wasn't therapy for me, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> it, it helps me out a lot too. That's Especially going I outside to these beautiful spots. I love going out to these spots and it's lovely. Uh, what's not to like? I, actually, 99% of the people out there more probably see that as like, I wouldn't want to do that, but I love it. So <laughs> if people come got me and see me, like, what are you doing? They're interested, but they would never do it themselves. You got me into doing yoga outside. I, uh, I live on Cape, I lived on Cape Cod, I moved, but I was able to do it at the beach and oh, at perfect. the parks and I loved that. But um, yeah, I, it is the, that's how I feel about being on stage is pe even if I'm having a bad day, when I'm on stage, I need to get to that place where it's, they can't know that I had a really bad day I have to yeah. make them laugh because that's the job. You have to, you have, you're teaching people and it's, you got to get to that place where that's you're. You should never know what's really going on. You just want to know what's happening right there at that moment. Um, have you ever read the book? I love this book. It's called Born Standing Up by Steve Martin. Yes. I was listening to the audio book of that oh. actually. Yeah. Did he read it? Yes, he did read it. It's, oh. it's really worth listening to. Also. I read it twice um, because funny, I read that. I saw so many similarities with doing videos in classes into stand-up in a way. Um, but he said stand-up is the ego's last stand. Um, and he's such a good writer. I, I think about that book often. I think about it all the time. I, I grew up in Southern California. That's where he lived. He used to go to Disneyland as a kid. He worked in the magic shop and he worked at Knott's Berry Farm. And I saw a lot, a kindred spirit a lot there and how he saw, he did 18 years in stand-up was the biggest one in the world and just turned and walked away from it. Yeah, it's, that's why I connected to yoga, I think, is there is the similarities of being present. There's certain things where you're just, you have to be present. And it doesn't matter what that is. And we all find our different paths to that mm -hmm. moment of presence. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why I wanted to have you on is because you did get to that. It seems that moment of presence where you found your thing that gives you that, it brings you to that space. It's, I compare it to theater too. I, I call them both heightened reality. There's a, there's a, a electricity of it. Whether you're doing a show, whether you're on stage, it's like that moment has an energy to it that will never ever come again. And I, uh, videos and classes, I. I I think the same way with that. Like this is here, it's here now. I'm blessed to be able to do this and um, I want to do it the best I can. And then you just move on from that. But there are all these yeah. little episodic, episodic videos, episodic shows that, you know, I, when I lay in bed at night, I'll think back to professional theater and being on stage thousands of times in these different theaters. And it's, it's a neat feeling, but they're like shadows. But I tell you, I'm so glad I did all that. I was there. I, I did all of that. Yeah. That's, do you, so you don't miss it. You got burnt out. You, over, over quarantine, I lost stand-up. I wasn't uh -huh. able to do it, of course, and I'm now back to doing it every night, but I had to find that every thing. Night. That's, that's yeah, I, well, I was, I was doing it two, three times a night before. That's I was able great. to perform, to but just get out there and do it, right? That's, every, that's my yeah. advice. It's like, go do it. You get out there. Exactly. Um, you just have to go about do it. it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But um, I lost the tangent. I was going off on that. But I, I want to thank you for being on. I had a really great time talking to you. Do you want to give your plugs where people can find you? <laughs> Sure, if they want to follow my videos, they can go to YouTube and go to Sean Vig Fitness. Just type in Sean Vig Fitness, S-E-A-N, 
And then Vig is Vogue, but with an I. I've been saying that in my videos a lot lately. So Sean Vig Fitness. Um, and you can also go to seanvigfitness.com. Check out my podcast, my book library, and uh, any other stuff I have on there also. But you type in my name on Google or wherever, and I'll pop up. And you should definitely watch his videos. I, I love them, and I, I still watch them now after two years. So thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate this. And uh, oh, hopefully our paths will cross again. Yeah, stay in touch. You'll be seeing me probably tonight or tomorrow on the screen. Exactly, and I'll be, I'll, uh, I'll be commenting on the videos now. Good. <laughs> All right, thank you.